Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm Jessica. This week, I'm joined by Athea Davis. Athea is a mindfulness educator, speaker, and writer dedicated to guiding others to climb the rocky mountains of their life while discovering their inner spark so they can feel fully alive. She holds a master's degree in educational policy and leadership, is a Texas certified educator, an experienced registered yoga teacher, and a children's registered yoga teacher. She's the author of Today's Gonna Be Awesome Sauce, Daily Meditations for Youth, Parents, and Families, and the creator of the powerfully positive mindfulness resource, Today's Gonna Be Awesome Sauce, Affirmation and Art Card Deck for Youth, Parents, and Educators. Athea owns Soul Sense Yoga, a mindfully infused education and leadership company where she leads live mindfulness trainings and digital courses for leaders, educators, and parents. She is the host of the rising education podcast, Mindful Living with Athea Davis. Athea loves anything that sparkles, tea time with a book on any subject, all things crunchy munchy, and adventures in the desert mountains. She lives with her family in Houston, Texas. Athea, welcome to the show. Hi, Jessica. I am very uh, excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I was so happy you reached out and you have your your wonderful podcast. Um, so fellow podcaster, you Yes, women yoga. podcasters. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's so good to connect. And so I want to um, start where I usually do, which is the beginning of yoga and mindfulness for you. So I would just love to hear mm. like when did it come into your life yeah, and how did it then impact you? Okay. Let's go back in time. Such a good question because I was one of those people that swore I would never do yoga. It was not for me. I have been, you know, a runner since I've been in middle school. So running has always been my way to relieve stress. Um, just a way for me to practice self-care and, I I had, I was going through something really challenging. I was going through a divorce and, um, that was incredibly, incredibly challenging. And a friend of mine said, go to yoga class. And I said, no, I don't think so. That's not really for me, but I was, I found myself really in a place where I was not able to manage all the difficult emotions and, everything that comes up when you you're dissolving something so intimate. So I went begrudgingly. And that first time that I stepped on a yoga mat, 
I felt something a little different and it felt good. I don't know what else to say other than perhaps just a little, definitely stillness, but something about myself that I didn't know I did. I wasn't able to access before. So I guess a stillness within myself, I wasn't able to access before. So I was really curious. I thought, well, that's interesting. And so I've just kept going. I went back and I discovered more stillness and more clarity about what I was feeling and what I was going through. Uh, You know, I come from really my entire life journey has been one of just like loss and and trauma, intergenerational trauma. Uh, There was trauma happening, you know, in my marriage, my husband suffered from alcoholism, depression, we had a, we had a beautiful child together. He's 15 and a half now. Um, and I knew, you know, as I was going to yoga, what I discovered as I was listening that this pattern of just unhealthy dynamic that we were in, in our relationship. And we had been together for quite some time, 13 years at that time, uh, or 10, 11 years. I can't remember. I lose track of time, but, I, I knew that this pattern had to stop with me. And it's something that I learned each time I stepped on the yoga mat, processing just past pain, past traumatic experiences in my younger life. And then I just, you know, I had a, a teacher once say, have you ever thought about teaching yoga? And it's crazy because I thought, this is so crazy. I like, I didn't even want to be here or come here. And <laughs> somebody's asking me this question, <laughs> but I was curious. So I'm like a naturally curious person. And then I think when you start practicing yoga, it helps you develop your curiosity skill because a lot of what the practices ask you to do is to be curious about what's going on inside. Something that we don't often ask ourselves because we're so disconnected from our body. Our mind is disconnected from our body. So we begin to dive deep into feeling mode, something I was not used to. I began to discover a deeper sense of curiosity. So I, um, I started going to teacher training, became a certified yoga teacher. One thing led to another, became a kid's yoga teacher. At the time, my son was young and we were going through this really hard thing. And these practices were helping me come to a place of peace and healing in my life. And I thought, we need more of this. And I was teaching him everything that I knew, but I wanted to know how can I connect to him more, uh, you know, in a way that was just um, developmentally like appropriate for him. And I was trying, but I didn't have the skill set. And so when I went through the training, it was definitely really helpful. And following that, you know, I started teaching families and kids um, all over the city. I'm in, in Houston. And then once I went through my divorce, my, um, my former spouse took his own life. And so that mm-hmm. traumatic event really had me dive so much deeper into the practices. You know, when you leave a relationship, anyone listening knows one, how, how hard it is, especially when you have kids. And I loved this person. And at the, at the same time, it was a big step for me in self-love saying, despite what I feel, I can't make anybody change. And, and of course, like we both bring difficulties to the relationship. So I don't want to say this sounding like I'm putting all this on my former spouse. I definitely had my own issues I brought into the marriage, but one very difficult one was the alcoholism. 
And that was a kind of a maker or breaker. And so it just wasn't something in his cards at the time that he was willing to give up, but he dove deeper into his alcoholism, took his own life. And I just was in the most deep, deep pain I've ever felt in my life. How do I process with my, my child at the time who was, um, eight years old and, and now he's 15 and a half. So we've been on a long healing journey from that. And these practices have been key. And, and so, I guess I'm telling you all this because I, what led me and brought me to the practices wasn't that I just want to relieve stress or I want to get fit doing some yoga poses. And that may bring you to the mat and it may bring you to these practices. But for me, it was pain, trauma, um, and lack of direction. And I needed something else and I didn't know what else to do. And I, and I, and I, I went to the mat to, ultimately discover some answers once. So once I did start teaching kids and children, and then I dove deeper into these practices after the suicide, I had the opportunity to work with a nonprofit to go into schools, to study the impact of yoga and mindfulness on school children. And that was a phenomenal experience. I still, at this point in time, I thought, you know, Uh, I, again, was just following like my natural curiosity, clearly like the, the universe was saying, here you go, you need to be doing this. And at the time I was going through the most painful experience of my life. So as I was in advocacy, I found so much healing in that at the same time. And I worked at a school in the Houston independent school district for the study was for three years. The school loved what I was doing and what we were doing as a program so much, but the program wasn't funding my position anymore after three years that they took me on full-time. And so that to me was a big cue. Like I'm doing something right. I'm where I need to be. And I was also healing along the way, being able to heal with my son through this very painful event. And a decade later, I have been and still do work with schools teaching yoga and mindfulness to kids in schools. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I feel like I was all, all over the place, but hopefully that made sense. Um, and, and here I am with you talking, um, you know, ultimately I uh, got the call to an inner call to start my own podcast to talk about a lot of different things, not just, you know, yoga or mindfulness in schools, but also what does it mean to live your life in a mindful living kind of way for, for anyone interested in taking the healing spiritual growth path? Thank you so much for being so open and sharing all of that. I think that that's going to resonate with a lot of people Mm. and um, just your, your honesty and, you know, a lot of us come to yoga in with in pain. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. Um, a lot of us come to it for a workout and then realize that it helps with our pain. You know, it's, yeah. it, there's, it's different for everyone, but the fact that you, it's so interesting that you were like, so resistant to it. Like, oh, that's not for me because we can have these images of what yoga is yeah. until we really experience it. So the, um, the fact that you, you did go and you were like, oh, there's something there and something you said a few times was about that curiosity. And I just Mm -hmm. want to note that for people listening, when you feel that curiosity, 
that just kind of questioning, hmm, what is that? That seems interesting to me. And then you kept following that. I think mm-hmm. that that's key that you kept following that. And then to take these practices and while you are, are going through this trauma to be able to pass them on at the same time, I mm-hmm. think I, I, I can see it brings you, you have, you have so much compassion because your understanding of, of the pain you were in and that you're able to reach children and families from that place of compassion. And I'm sure they could feel that. And that's why your work connects with people. So I, I just thank you for sharing your story. And um, I would just, I'd love to hear how you go from, from this event and processing and going through all of this to a place where you are offering resources, where you have, you wrote a book mm-hmm. and you, you have a card deck and um, how did you go from that place of, of pain and suffering to a place of creating and creating mm-hmm. these resources for other people? Yeah. Good question. I think, you know, I ultimately, I had this moment where I, I knew there were a few choices that I could take this pain and I could do nothing, um, you know, doing nothing, letting, letting it just continue to infect me, infect others around me. I could, um, you know, just completely ignore it. I could distill it. I could, you know, what I like to call, you know, this alchemy of our pain, I could turn it into something beautiful And that's where I focus my energy because that is, that is what felt in my body, the right thing to do that. If I think back to my relationship with my former spouse and how we created this beautiful child together, how could I honor the love that we felt? So even though we ultimately divorce, the love that I feel never goes away. The, the pain that stems from seeing someone you love, you know, take their own life that, um, of course brings up a lot of anger and confusion. And at the same time, steeping myself back in love, like, how can I honor this really sacred love? Despite all the pain, it was clear to me that I had to turn it into something beautiful or else it would just eat me alive Right. And it was just, again, like that inner voice that said, this is what you're going to do. I think I was on a run one day and I just got that voice inside that said, you're going to write this book. This is what it's going to be about. This is really how you're going to process your pain. And that's how today's going to be awesome sauce daily meditations for youth parents and families came into existence. I began the book on, um, intentionally, uh, even though it's a, an annual, you know, 365 ways to tune into this inner awesome sauce, this like extra v- vibrant light that we have inside. I began it on my birthday uh, because I felt that it was important. I had discovered that my former spouse took his own life on my mom's birthday. And there was such a symbolic, just like deep, painful symbolism to that for me. And I wanted to even take that pain and make it something really beautiful about how we come into this world and how meaningful it is of uh, the creative act of birth 
of coming into this world and kind of spreading your light. So I started it on my birthday and then ultimately there are, you know, 365 breathing mantras. There are themes every day that I really try to make practical and relatable to kids, to parents about a number of different issues, whether it's just relating and how we have great relationships with our kids, with ourselves, self-love, um, different yoga and mindfulness tools and techniques, how we relate with our enemies, our frenemies. Um, so again, it, it just came about just from listening to that inner voice that said, this is really your path to healing, that you're going to take what you're learning from applying yoga and mindfulness practices in your life. And this is how you're going to share them with others. Mm. So I listened and I just said, I was really committed to making this um, happen. And then one day after another, after another, um, I had a full manuscript. So, yeah, I'm so glad you listened to that voice. And, you know, it's like you said, that inner voice, and it sounds like your mindfulness practice and yoga practice helped you to hear that, to be able to follow that. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think again, going back to that first time I stepped on my yoga mat, uh, just having that moment of stillness that I hadn't felt before, because when part of my resistance to going wasn't because I thought like it was some weird thing. I just didn't want to slow down. I like, I'm, I'm a type Mm -hmm. a go do kind of person still am, you know, that's just part of my DNA. And I didn't want to slow down that stretching stuff. What, what, what do I like? How boring, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what am I going to discover from that? What am I going to get from it? What am I going to get from it? I remember thinking, and uh, funny enough, you know, a decade later, here I am, you know, I've really committed my life to the practices because I've really discovered a lot through slowing down and discovered that that is the key to our joy, fulfillment and in everything in our relationships with ourselves, with others, um, and how we take action, you know, with our own creativity and, and what we love in the world. Yeah. That slowing down can be scary. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's what sometimes it's, it's easier to keep moving. Cause it's like, what is in that quiet space? I, I'm not sure I want to know, you know, cause it could, it just could be yeah. scary, but, uh, to, to find that it could be, but, but it's like, we can't, unless we slow down, we can't hear anything and we're just going to be kind of living unconsciously. And Mm. so, yeah, to find that place for you now, tell me about, um, as a fellow podcaster, I'm so curious to hear, like, what made you decide to start your podcast? Yeah. Um, what inspired it and, um, what was the process like for you to get that going? Yeah. So I, I had this, again, it's like a calling. I woke up at four o'clock one morning and the, my voice just said, you're going to start the podcast going to be mindful living with Athea Davis. And I recorded my first episode on my phone. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any equipment, but I had a phone and I knew it Mm. recorded, you know, and that was like good enough. Like, so it was strong, you know, it was really strong. And so my first episode is about goal setting. And so from there, I just followed the curiosity trail, you know, like, okay, what now? Now I need to learn what I'm actually doing. Um, and I, and I think even before that voice, I'm, 
if I recall, I must have had a friend at the time. I don't know if he was talking about doing a podcast, but there was some discussion, you know, with some people in my life doing podcasts or thinking about it. So it wasn't like I was absent from people talking about podcasting. And I, I'd been teaching for a while, working with kids in schools for a while, um, having my own programs for a while, blogging, had my book and, and I, And so it was, I guess that curiosity again, but it was just, the voice was so strong. I like literally woke up at four. I wrote it out on a piece of paper. What am I going to say? Cause I was so scared. I remember recording the first episode and I like, I had to script everything out. I don't want to mess up. And my heart's like racing while I'm trying to record on my phone. But that, that is really how it started. And it just organically grew it, just like, I feel like my journey into doing, you know, mindfulness and yoga work in schools has grown, uh, just very organically, uh, never knew that I would be interviewing people, uh, but then it just following that curiosity and then it, that's what is how, ha- you know, I do have people on the show. I knew that I wanted to provide a wide range of people information on how they can live a mindful living kind of life and make it practical and relatable where it doesn't seem like awkward or weird or, you know, too, um, you know, monkish or, you know, just like not relatable. I wanted it to make, I wanted the tools of mindfulness and yoga to be relatable to educators, to people, you know, starting their own creative projects, to parents. And um, one thing after another, here I am on like episode 115, I think. So amazing. So did you, from that first episode, did you just keep going from there? Were you right away releasing weekly episodes or was was there a point where you- I don't even know, like I didn't even have a plan. (laughs) Yeah. I had the voice. I recorded the first episode. I was like, well, here's episode one. Um, okay. I had to find a hosting site. I kind of, so, and I figured that out and then I thought, okay, well now I'm committed. So what's next? So then I looked at like, what, it, what am I going to talk about? What's my plan? Um, and what is my schedule? Like, how am I going to do this? So it was more like no plan, but I'm going to do this. And now that I, committed by doing that first episode and it went live and everything. I I didn't even have like music at the time. I just put my voice out there. And then I started learning some things um, along the way. And I uh, had been for quite some time doing weekly episodes uh, with my schedule. It became too much. So I do two episodes a month, which seems to be more feasible with my schedule now. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I think the beauty in that is sometimes we think we have to have everything worked out. We have to have a plan and we have to know exactly what's going to happen. But sometimes you get that strong voice inside and it feels like a big yes. And you just take that first step and there's no, there are no repercussions. There's no consequence for doing it in the situation. And I thought, let me just see what's going to happen. I, I was really curious about the art of communicating messaging, how to talk about certain things and have people listen. I, I love to listen to podcasts and audiobooks, And so I thought, you know, there's, there's gotta be people that love to hear this kind of content, um, as they're walking or in the car 
And, and then just learning and getting to meet people just such as you and all the people that I've got to interview. It's such a gem to be able to have those relationships to share what other people are doing in the world. It's really, um, such, it adds such relational richness in my own life. And I've learned so much from other people and it feels amazing to share other amazing work that people are doing to support each other, to build, you know, a a network of community and, um, and connections. So then the plan came later. And so I'm very much of like an intuitive feeling kind of person, Um, as much as I like to plan very type a, like, here's my list. And, you know, also it's like, does this feel right? Is this what I need to be doing? Yeah. Thank you for that. Because I think a lot of people listening probably have an idea for a book, for a podcast, for whatever it might be. And they're like, oh no, but it has to be planned out and perfect first. And I need to know exactly what I'm doing. It's not the case. It really, it, it depends. And sometimes like, I love that. You're just like, I have this idea it's really strong. I'm going to put it out there. And then it's like, you'll never regret doing that because then you took that step. And then Mm. here you are over a hundred episodes in, and it's like, you wouldn't be here if you didn't just take that first step and then follow that. So thank you for sharing that for everyone. Yeah. And you know, it's so important, Jessica, that people realize too, that their inner spark matters to the world. Oftentimes we feel like what is what do I have to add? Well, everybody Mm -hmm. has such a unique journey and story and perspective that no one else has. And you have your own creative power that you can add to the world. And it makes a difference for people. I think if we can, you know, and, and we all fall privy to the comparison trap. And I think when I detach from that, and I look at the impact this kind of work has had on so many people how over filled with joy and seeped in gratitude I am that I listen to the voice. Because when I hear people say that this episode made a difference for them, or my book made a difference for them, or having the card deck as a resource in their classroom or in their family has made a difference for how their kids are connecting to, you know, yoga and mindfulness or their own self-love and affirmation journey. I think that that is the sweetness of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if it's one or five or 10 people, I mean, I I do think, you know, it's quality over quantity that really matters. Like the, the quality of what you're doing, not meaning perfection quality. What I mean is like, that human connection and authentic really relating with people and sharing something of value with others that only you have and no one else has. And then somebody's going to listen to you in a way that they wouldn't listen to anybody else. Hmm. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, sharing. We we've all got our story. We've all got our voice. Everyone's voice is valuable. And if you're feeling drawn to share it in a certain way, listening to that and honoring that, I think that is so important. Mm. Well, I'd love to, um, I always love to round up the episodes with little gems of wisdom Mm. that people can take with them. So for you as a kids yoga and mindfulness educator for so long and sharing it with so many people, um, I would love to hear your kids yoga gem. So Mm -hmm. anyone out there, a parent, a teacher who's sharing yoga with kids, what would be your one big piece of advice to offer them? breathe life into your inner child. 
Because that that's going to guide you to connect to the kids in your life. Breathe life into your inner child. When you can access that and heal that and bring that to life, you've got it made wherever you're trying to teach. I love that so much. Yes, it's so, so true. Start from that place, the kid within. Mm-hmm. Athea, thank you so much. I want people to be able to find you and find your work and your podcast. So can you please point us in the direction of all the, the website, the social yeah. media? Thank you, Jessica. I love to stay active on social media. Uh, you can follow my handle on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Athea Davis. That's A-T-H-E-A-D-A-V-I-S. And my podcast is Mindful Living with Athea Davis. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify, all the podcast places. And you can go to my website, atheadavis.com. If you're interested in um, mindfulness training as an educator, I do this big um, goal setting practice in the uh, in January uh, or the beginning of each year called Nine to Shine. It's a fun program to go through, a free challenge as well. And so you can check that out there. And I would love to connect. So you can connect with me on all the social media spaces on my website or listen to my podcast. And you can check out my book and my card deck. Today's going to be Awesome Sauce Daily Meditations for Youth Parents and Families. And the card deck is also called Today's Going to Be Awesome Sauce. is an art and affirmation card deck that you can use in your personal practice or put them up on your fridge for a little inspiration or for family conversations. You can also see that on my website as well. And thank you. It's been awesome to uh, share just a little bit about my journey. And I, I appreciate everything that you are putting out into the world and following your curiosity and getting your creative power out there. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I'm so thrilled to have connected with you. Um, and I want to keep following your journey. So, so thanks for being on and sharing your wisdom. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the kids yoga podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page, and you will see different monthly subscriptions, which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review, and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.